Hello and welcome to the Highview Podcast, a gospel-centered conversation exploring theology, culture, and life in the local church. I'm your host, Tyler Sweat, associate pastor here at Highview Church, and I'm joined this morning with two of the most loving guys mm. that I know. What a great introduction. I'll take Chad that. Williams and Josh Hildebrand. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Really, really, uh, really honored by that introduction, yeah. Josh. That was well, you know, nice. I'm just well, glad no. to be back. I missed last yeah. uh, episode, and I thought I'd got replaced for, for yeah. good. I mean, oh, you almost did. <laughs> I almost did. I mean, it's jury's still out. This is your yeah. test to come see if you can come back in. Mallory did a great come back job. Back in the fold. Yeah. yeah, she did a great job. Yeah, shout out to Mallory Parker who uh, was on last week's episode where we talked about membership, and um, yeah, I thought she added a lot. So just watch your back, Josh. Yeah, Mallory's coming I'm for your telling uh, you. for your mic. Be careful calling out on these. Yep, for sure. <laughs> oh, well, uh, how are you guys? You guys doing good? You ready to, to jump in another episode of the Yeah, ready to talk podcast? about the church local church? Discipline. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Always you, a topic people love talking about. Yeah, well, I mean, you know why I mentioned that you guys were two of the most loving guys that I know is because uh, you, know, um, you just really love to discipline people. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, who can I discipline next? Yeah. No, it's it was on the chopping block. Bloodthirsty. But uh, we're we're discovering church again uh, through this book, Rediscover Church, um, a helpful book that came out from our brothers in the Nine Marks Network, uh, Colin Hansen and Jonathan Lehman. Um, was, this book was put out uh, kind of following the events of 2020 and everyone getting kind of separated from this regular um, aspect of gathering together as a church. Well, now that churches are reassembling, uh, there's some things we need to just talk about again, some things we need to remind ourselves of what being a part of a healthy local church, uh, what it looks like. And uh, these guys have presented a definition of what a church, a healthy church is. And I think it's been helpful. We've been talking through these different aspects and these different chapters. And today we're going to be answering the question or talking about the chapter, chapter six, is church discipline really loving? Which is a really good question. Um, before we get going, I want to read through our definition of what a church is from these guys. And uh, hopefully you've been, as you've been listening, you realize we actually have a lot of copies of this book that we would love to give you. So if you want to mention to us on a Sunday morning at Highview, if you're able to gather with us here in the West Georgia area that you would like a copy of this book, we would love to give you one. Yeah, I had someone at, uh, at my small group. Yeah. Uh, shout out Richie Kenyon, one of our uh, tens of listeners out there. <laughs> Um, who who approached me at uh, at small group and was like, "Hey, uh, I'd I'd uh, I'd like a copy of that book." And luckily, we were able to get him one. Nice that night. Very so, cool. Uh, yeah. So we we have these available if you'd like to get your own copy and read through this for yourself. Uh, I think it'd be really beneficial to you. Um, but here's the definition uh, that these uh, brothers have provided and that we're working through uh, step by step. So they say a church is a group of Christians who assemble as an earthly embassy of of Christ's heavenly kingdom. To proclaim the good news and the commands of Christ the King, to affirm one another as his citizens through the ordinances, and to display God's own holiness and love through a unified and diverse people in all the world, following the teaching and example of elders. Um, it's a really good statement, really good definition. And uh, each one of these little segments, statements, uh, kind of breaks out to, to cover one of these individual topics. And today we're going to be talking about the phrase to display God's own holiness and love. And of course they they're talking about that particular display of God's holiness and love through our holiness, through our commitment to, to fighting sin. And part of that is uh, the process of church discipline. Um, so you guys have been local church pastors for, uh, well, you've been in ministry for uh, each of you for a long time um, for how, how long have each of you been just in ministry in general? Oh gosh. 
47 years. <laughs> <laughs> but you're only, what, 20? Uh, no, I'm kidding. You're I've, been in, um, I've been in vocational pastoral ministry uh, for 12 years, maybe. Mm. Something like that. Okay. Maybe. Jo- in- Josh really has been for like... The 47 is not too far Yeah, off. not far. <laughs> I started doing yeah. some type of ministry um, in my teens, late teens, 18, yeah. 19, and vocational. Um, I've got a few years more than Chad at a different couple places, but vocational, we're pretty close. Gotcha. Uh, and so across the, that time frame. How long have you been in um, For about six years, Look at seven you, years. man. God, time flies. Doing great. It, it time flies when you're having that, fun. Yeah, it really is. It really does. Um, so I was just curious from your, your guys' perspective in ministry, but also you know having grown up in church. Um, at what point do you feel like you really started to think about church discipline, or hear about church discipline, or see it done well? Oh man, um, I think that the I, I it, never in my childhood. Mm. Um, I did not grow up in a church that practiced church discipline. Same. Um, I heard about it, but, um, I don't, like I knew, I I understood the concept, um, but I never saw it. I never saw it done well or poorly. I just didn't see it. Um, but I I would say for me, it would have been around the time Highview was planted Mm. that I started really, um, looking into it and studying. It actually came, I, I didn't just start studying church discipline. I was studying a lot at that point, um, ecclesiology, the doctrine of the church. Yeah. So I was doing a lot of like study on the church and actually that's what led me to, uh, things like nine marks and the resources there. And, Mm. uh, I remember reading, uh, nine marks for healthy church by Mark Dever. And that was a big moment. And church discipline is a, a big feature in that book as well. Or one of the, one of the marks of a church of a healthy church. And so that got me thinking about it and uh, studying it more. But yeah, it's probably around the time Highview was planted, I imagine. So about ten years ish, right around there. Yeah, I, I didn't. I also did not grow up um, where church discipline was practiced. Um, as I got a little older and started to uh, be involved in ministry, there were forms of church discipline, but yeah. it was very reactionary. So basically, what would happen is there would be a scandal of some type, and then you couldn't. Uh, hide it you know it was just blatant in front of everyone and so there was some type of reconciliation or confrontation process Mm. but it was it was always kind of reactionary and unhealthy and not a part of the culture and it was very uh, just um, striking how it would happen it it didn't feel natural and like this is what we do and this is why we do it Um, and I agree with Chad you know um, Highview has kind of really been the first church that I've been a part of where from the beginning it's a part of who we are. Mm. Like it's not something that yeah. that we think, um, you know, may happen. It's a part of the life of the church. Like we are a group of broken people, and church discipline happens regularly in the life of a healthy church. Yeah, that's good. That's pretty much my experience as well. Um, having grown up in church, that was not a concept I ever really heard or heard taught on, really, um, or or seen displayed. Really, it was more, um, you know, there were people who would. Come and join the church, which last week or last episode we talked about church membership and that process of, of identifying with and affirming someone's faith. Uh, but then there would just be kind of uh, this nebulous, like sometimes people would leave and, and then there would be, honestly, just if I'm honest, it was more of like there were things that people 
gossiped about um, people's particular sins or, or whatever, and they just be kind of became disassociated with rather than right. helpfully disciplined. Um, mm-hmm. At least it's how I've seen it kind of put together. And then I would say just about the same um, coming to to be a part of Highview is where I've started hearing church discipline even talked about specifically as something to be practiced and then something that's actually done. So that's been really cool. Um, you know, and, and of course I'm sure across the board for people listening, um, just like our, the author of the book mentions that church discipline, um, might be a startling term, mm-hmm. um, especially given like, you know, the, the landscape of, of what conversations are going on about churches right now. If you listen to, uh, like rise and fall of Mars Hill, or you think about, um, you know, how uh, there's uh, been abusive church leadership. Sure. Um, you can, you can hear that term church discipline and it can sound harsh and it can sound like unhelpful or something that you want to avoid. Right? Yeah. Ironically avoiding it is how you get the Mark Driscoll's. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's the ironic thing about right. it Very much is so. that, is that by avoiding that particular aspect of church life, you wind up creating a culture where that type of abuse can happen yeah. at a very high level. Yeah. And uh, that's that's the cyclical nature of it. Oh, yeah. discipline sounds so horrible. Right. Let's never do it. And and then you create an environment where you haven't done it and you need to do it and you can't do it because it's you know it's right. it's just a cycle. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's, it's a really bad. It's yeah. also dangerous when you have a group of people within a church that are kind of exempt from church discipline. So you, you don't want to have that. You don't want to have your people who practice church discipline. And, and then yeah. the people who are disciplined, like church discipline mm. applies to every member at Highview, elders, yeah. you know, down to the newest member. Right. So uh, why don't you guys give me just a, a good definition of what we mean, at least by church discipline, when we talk about it at Highview. Uh, church discipline is, it's actually multifaceted. Mm-hmm. Um, when most people hear church discipline, they just think about uh, the final step outlined in Matthew 18, um, where someone is removed from that particular fellowship because they're in unrepentant sin. And that is the third and final step of church discipline. But I actually see church discipline more holistically. I actually see it happening at various levels all the time. Uh, the first step in Matthew 18 of church discipline being one-on-one with a person yeah. who's calling another person to repent or whatever it is. Um, and then the second step being uh, two or more people approaching that individual. Right. And if they're still unrepentant, you have that third step. But I think when most people think about church discipline, they just think about, does your church participate in that final step? Like, yeah. do you formally remove members? Excommunication. Excommunicate yeah. members who are unrepentant right. in their sin. Um, but I, I see it as a broader thing. Uh, it's not just that. It's it's bigger than that. It's mm. it's the process by which we love each other towards repentance. Yeah, right. that's how that's I would. Very, that's what I I think of it um, as I do um, in the life of disciplining my children. So there's there's different phases of that. Um, there's there's some. You mean you don't just kick them out of the house? Right. It's, it's just not like immediately like I'm upstairs. You know, get packing ready, bags. Here, here comes the spanking. You know. <laughs> yeah. But there's there's also discipline sometimes when they haven't even yet done anything wrong that mm-hmm. I know of. It is formative. Yeah. Like so, I, I consider church discipline. Um, even when we preach the word on Sunday morning, that is a form of church discipline. There's been many times I've mm. been more rebuked by a pa- pastor Chad's sermon. Yeah. In a, in a disciplined type way where the word of God is, you know, um, standing over my heart, so to speak, than I have, you know, one-on-one with another church member. So right. I think, um, like Pastor Chad said, it's a healthy 
uh, process that's just not just a one-time thing at the end where you know someone's out of the church. But if you have a healthy church discipline culture, um, you know there's a there's a process by which all that works. Right. Yeah. I like that you mentioned you know the 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 process of the word and the preaching of the word uh, being this teaching corrective. Uh, what's that supposed to, what the word does? It tells us it's profitable for correction, for rebuke, but also for training and teaching and all the, all these good things. Right. Um, so those, those two things are involved in the process of what the author mentions. These two words go together is uh, being a disciple and being someone who is disciplined um, is someone right. who is taught and trained. And, and that involves a sense of like, if you think about it, like Paul uses the imagery of an athlete being trained up for physical activity. Um, it's brutal. It's it's taxing. It's challenging, uh, but it's building up. Uh, but then on the back end, there there's also the corrective side, which is actually when when there's been some uh, form of sin or something that has um, come to the surface that needs to be corrected. The word also does that, yes. um, and the body kind of participates in that aspect, th- which is what Pastor Chap was talking about. Right. I think there's such a a lack of understanding. Um, in, in the church world and with Christians about the fact that the Christian walk when once started is a life of change and reformation mm. in your own heart. It's a, it's a yeah. sanctifying work, which means discipline is required because there's old things mm-hmm. that need to die yeah. and there's, and there's new life that needs to be walked in. And so if, if you're not used to that process of dying to the flesh, which yeah. is, a, is that's what discipline is and there's various ways that you go about doing that in your Christian walk. If that's a foreign concept to you, in other words, your, your church experience is coming in and being patted on the back and affirmed all the time, mm. that's not the natural way of the, the Christian life. Right. It, it's right. affirming where we need to be affirmed, but it's also destructive, if you will, of our flesh and tearing down things that, that are actually harming us. And that's yeah. the whole point of discipline. That's what we're doing in our kids. We realize that our kids have a very foolish reality in their heart. Right, mm-hmm. they're immature, and you're you're trying to discipline them towards maturity. If you, yeah, if you affirmed everything your kids ever oh did, it, it would be to their destruction, Absolutely. right? Like there would be actually, and that would make you a oh, bad, amen. unloving parent, <laughs> right? Like that, 100%. and that's the yeah. best way to understand why yeah. discipline is loving is that concept there. Affirming, yeah. if you affirm a fool, are you loving a fool? Mm. And, I think though, when you use that kind of that kind of terminology, um, it's important to point out that whether you're um, a member, a leader, uh, an elder, pastor, how, what you know, whatever within a church, um, we're all the children being disciplined. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think sometimes one of the negative connotations that gets tied to this is there are these elders or these yeah. pastors, and they spank the kids, and you're all a bunch of right. kids, and they, right. that's not the actually Christ is the disciplinarian. Mm. The, the word is the standard. Yeah. And we're the children. That, right. that are being formed in his, all of us. Yeah. Um, I have been um, rebuked by elders. I've been rebuked by members. I, I, I've been rebuked by everybody, Tyler. <laughs> Honestly, I, I've, everyone's participated mm. in my formative mm. discipline. Uh, and I thank you. Praise God. I'm here to th- thank you. Um, but <laughs> like that's, you know, that that's the reality. We're, we're all um, children who are being formed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think when you have those unhealthy you know, oh, these are the disciplinarians mm-hmm. in the church, and these are. The, it's actually a funny thing about Matthew eighteen. Nothing is said about elders, for example, yeah, or pastors. Nothing yeah. is said, right? They're not even mentioned. It's just a brother who or a sister, you know, one mm-hmm. on one and two on, you know, and then, right. and then the whole church gets mentioned, right? 
Right. But, but there's no elders in sight. Right. They're not the police. They're not the of the church or, yeah, you know. Interesting. And so uh, I've, I've always found that interesting. I, I think, you know, we've been talking about the, the formative aspects of discipline for us personally. There's also a protective element for yeah. the church yeah. um, that, that's really, really important. And um, I've said this before. I, I see discipline in the church as like an immune system for the church, too. Mm. It protects the church. It yeah. identifies threats. Like antibodies. Then, antibody, yeah, yeah, that's that's... And and so um, even things that are that are particularly harmful for a church body, like uh, div, uh, divisiveness, people who are divisive, mm. and and all that kind of yeah, like um, uh, Titus three. Um, uh, as for a person who stirs up division, after warning him once and then twice, I have nothing more to do with it. Like th- there are things that the scripture identifies as particularly harmful yeah. that must be dealt with right. in a certain way in order to protect the whole body. And that, that was kind of my next question. What what things make discipline necessary? So that more corrective side. Obviously, there are reasons we should be participating in the formative side of discipline just because, like you mentioned, Pastor Josh, we all need to grow. We all need to grow from immaturity to maturity. Um, but what are some of those things maybe you know specifically or just categorically that we look out for that require the next steps of church discipline? Right. I, I think there's um, really sin, unrepented sin is, is one of the key factors. But if you use the analogy Chad was talking about, you know, like the immune system, you know, the, the first thing your body does when it's sick is it tries to fix the, the sick part. And, you know, the, the, the first step is not remove the sick part from your body. Mm. But there comes a time when the sick part of your body yeah. is going to hurt the rest of your body. Right. And so for the sake of the body, you have to, to remove the sick part. And so then if you think, uh, when does that happen in a local church? Well, a local church is comprised of professing believers who are repenting from their sin. So if a person has known sin that they are refusing to repent of, not that they're struggling with, that's not the same thing, mm-hmm. but that they say, no, I know this is sin, but I'm going to keep doing how it. Do you, how do you stop. define that? I, mm. Just not to go on a sidetrack there. Sure. But what what's the difference for you? Because I I had a conversation with a congregant not too long ago about, um, are they is there repenting going on or but but we but they're using the language struggling yeah with sin mm. what what is that what what's what is that what's the difference what like, what is is re- is that the same thing. I, th- I think is repentance and struggling with sin the same thing. I think that's that is an important. Um, Question: Because you can't have a person that says, "Oh, I'm struggling with it." Yeah, and internally, that seems like it, that means like get off my out. back. It's a way it, out. You get <laughs> off my back now because I know it's a problem mm-hmm. and I'm struggling with it, and so it kind of puts me in the spot where I'm like the vulnerable one. Yeah, like sins, you know, kind of beat me up here, and and I'm getting beat up by sin, and and so back off. Like, right? Mm. I'm. I'll try to repent, but I'm. I'm right. I'm struggling with this sin right, right. now. Yeah, I mean, I, I mm. think that requires some discernment, um, you know, and I, and I also think, um, you know, uh, a person that's not repenting from sin, um, th- there's an embracing of it uh, that, that I think sometimes is more discernible than a person that's just struggling. So, like, so for instance, if, lust. Right, okay, Many yeah. men struggle with lust. All right, lust so if I, say, I, if, I, if I say I'm struggling with anger, what do you hear when I say that? That anger is a temptation that you yeah. are prone to fall to, and you have to continually look to the Lord to, mm-hmm. to avoid it. And I mean, I think that's a part of the Christian life. Now, if someone says, I'm just mm. an angry person, I'm just going to be angry, and, and it's the pattern mm. there, we, we see it in their marriage, we see it with their kids, and yeah. then, you know, then that's a, I think that's a process where the elders or another brother comes alongside of him and, 
And you need brothers and sisters to to walk alongside you, I think, to affirm whether or not you're repenting. Yeah. It's I, a community type yeah. of event. But I, I can see, I don't know the context of the, the conversation you're talking about, uh, Chad, but I, I can definitely see how that language mm-hmm. can kind of be used almost as like a, a way out. Oh, yeah, a way out. It's it's not like, like oh, man, I'm just, I don't care. I'm, I'm going to be angry. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that. But it isn't quite, I'm fighting the sin of anger. It's like, well, I'm struggling with it. Kind of gives a, a sense that, like, like you're aware of it, you know it's there, but it's not really an invitation either to come and help me with it. Yeah, let so me that, give this yeah. example. Yeah, if, 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 a, yeah. if a husband came and it was, you know, found out that he was having an affair, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling with it, man. I'm, I know strugg- I'm, to, I'm struggling with adultery. I, I, yeah, right. <laughs> um, that doesn't work. We right. know sure. instinctively that's ridiculous. Right, that's ridiculous. Um, so, I mean, there's some wisdom you have to apply to that. Sure, um, certainly. I just I'm 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 interested in words and phrases Christians use mm-hmm. instinctively yeah. to smoke screen sin. But and, we have to makes, have a place where there because we are in sin. We all sin right. and repent. Right. Right, so right, right. it mm-hmm. you know, if if there's not a place for a Christian that's working through and crucifying yeah, sin, we're yeah. all church agreed. discipline and we're yeah, all out. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um I, I just I I've I've gotten aware I ask what you mean by that mm-hmm. now. Like, what does that look like? How, or, or even ask how are, how are you struggling, with, struggling or, with this? How are you fighting it? Like, yeah. what, what's the what's the that, offensive side of that look like? It's like I mean, hopefully every Christian is actively fighting sin. Yeah, and we know no Christian is sinless. We right. know that that's right. obvious. Um, but but what that struggle looks like mm-hmm. is is a really you know, and I think that's important. Um, for our conversation, because, you know, as you're helping someone follow Jesus, um, you need to know what they mean by those kind of terms. And, you know, when, when we're talking about those kind of things and we're helping one, like, what is that? Is that an invitation to back off? Is it an invitation to (laughs) step into this and help Mm -hmm. me out with it? Hold me accountable. Yeah. Like, what is it? It could be both. I've seen it used in both ways. Right. That's true. One of the, the ways I, um, feel more comfortable when it's used is when the person comes to me. In other words, there's a lot of times a brother will come to me and say, man, I stumbled this week. I, I fell into some sin. Pray, It's a confession. I didn't go to them and say, how are you doing? Oh, I'm still struggling with it. And they just, mm-hmm. that was kind of their way out. Yeah, there, there's a, a humility point. with it. And when they come to you with it, I mean, I, I think that they find the grace of Christ in that moment. You know. Mm. Um, well, the, the authors give kind of a, a definition of kind of what they mean by sin uh, or, or what they think constitutes practicing discipline. Um, of course, they say discipline in its final stages, which is what we talked about, that that stage of identifying someone who is unrepentant, um, living in verifiable sin, uh, and that is significant. Mm-hmm. Um, and that step of you've walked with them lovingly through maybe helping them identify it one-on-one, or mentioning it, bringing it up, having that awkward interaction, um, and then having, if it's still ongoing, unrepentant, verifiable, which I think by that they mean it's visible, right? It's it's something that has become, you know, it's an active part of their life that they're not even hiding anymore. Right. Um, which I, I think that's another uh, side of this is really if if we were better at, which I know I'm, I've always struggled with this, <laughs> struggled with it, um, is even... What do you mean by that? What do you mean by... Why no. don't you just <laughs> repent of it and stop? <laughs> Stop it. That's yeah. Just, just stop it. <laughs> just stop. Um, but with the with the process of confession, um, given this like misunderstanding of what the church is supposed to do about or with my sin, you know what I mean? 
like come being able to come to other, but I'm thankful to have close relationships and friends that I've been able to grow in that with over the years. But I knew that there was a, a good, a good amount of fear uh, in me as a teenager, as a young Christian, um, th- trying to think through, okay, I know that I have these areas of sin. Um, but what is, what are these people going to do with that confession? Yeah, You know what I mean? Like what, what are they going to do if I bring, if I'm vulnerable and say, I need mm-hmm. help? Um, is it going to be just, Oh, I can't believe that. Tyler's struggle, struggling with that or, or, you know, or is there going to be some legitimate help? Is there going to be this formative discipline or it, am I just, and the other side of that is it can stay hidden so long that it becomes this like, well, that's just who I am. It's just part of what I do. Well, so and true, it, you know? it, there, a lot of that depends on the type of church culture you've been in. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, yeah. Um, you know, uh, another conversation I was having with a leader recently where they say, you know, um, Hybe's got a lot of problems. I'm like, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Um, but um, but we're not a judgmental culture mm. at our church. I, I really don't feel like we are. No. I, I feel like um, there's some really frank conversations about sin. Sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. Brutally honest conversations about sin. Definitely. Uh, that would make some people who are in cultures that are less transparent squirm. Um, and it's messy. Like right. The, the, the reality of it is sin is extremely messy. And I think that you need to make sure you're in a church culture where you're invited, you don't feel threatened and you feel invited to yeah. be honest about your sin and it's not going to be like weaponized against you. Yeah. I mean, I know what you're struggling with too. A, a lot of pastors struggle with mm-hmm. definitely yeah. at various points. I've struggled with that. Um, you know, feeling the threat of that, like what yeah. if I'm honest about this or blah, blah, blah. I mean, right. that's, that's something early in my ministry I struggled with a lot. Um, but I think that, you know, it's a lot about the people you're around and, and leaning and trusting the Lord with that. Like yeah. really trusting God. You're, I'm going to have to trust you on this one. Right. Sure. Cause I've got to, I've got to do what you're calling me to do, which is be honest about my sin. Yeah. Right. I think That's, of, um, Hebrews, um, chapter 12, it, it says, have uh, starting in verse five and have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? Mm-hmm. My son do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. And then he says this, nor be weary yeah. when reproved by him. There's, there's a lot of, I think, weariness when it comes to, to church discipline. And, you know, mm. um, you I, know, I have a lot of thoughts on Hebrews. <laughs> we just finished preaching through that. Just you did. A lot, yeah. Yeah. I have a but lot. You, on you know, like Chad said, <laughs> um, church discipline and, and confessing sin is messy. And I bl- agree with, you know, that, that statement that Highview has largely been a church where that's been a part of our culture. And it is messy at times. But I would just encourage any other you know, pastor or, or church member out there that goes to a different church. Um, if that's not a part of your culture, it doesn't mean that, that there's not mm-hmm. the messiness of that sin there. Yeah. It just means that it's there and hidden. Yeah. And then that can be more dangerous than, than it being exposed and is more dangerous than it being exposed. Um, so do the difficult work of confession and talking about sin and, um, you know, that actually brings health to a, a mm-hmm. local church body. Yeah, and I think exactly what you guys have have mentioned is is helpful for, for people to realize, especially if you're in the high view sphere. Like, hopefully, you are experiencing that type of environment. That it's a it's a helpful place to to be able to confess sin and and know that there's brothers and sisters who want to walk with you in that formative discipline. Uh, but also, I, I feel like we're we're trying to aim for a church body that would also not shy away from from seeking out this type of corrective discipline either. Like if they see something, they would be willing to come and identify it. Um, Cause that is just part of this, this healthy church culture. And um, one to, to list off these, uh, these things kind of moving on in our, our chapter and maybe even landing 
on on these things. There was a, a good list of, of why. Of course, we're talk, the whole chapter is anchored on this idea of this aspect of church discipline being loving. And so the uh, the author gives this um, this list. He says fundamentally, then churches should practice church discipline for love's sake, love for the sinner's sake, that he or she might come to repentance, love for the other church members' sake, that they might not be led astray, love for the non-Christian neighbors' sake, that they might not just see more worldliness in the church, and love for Christ's sake that we might represent his name rightly. Um, so those four things, uh, tell me kind of where, where you guys are wanting to see those, those four loves kind of grow in our church context. Um, what's the value of those four aspects of church discipline of uh, being loving toward those people? Um, yeah, I think one of the, the ways that I've seen um, church discipline grow just, you know, in the context of love you were talking about there in our church is, uh, we've had a few cases where we've had to remove someone from Highview, mm. and each time we've had to do that, it's been such a somber moment, um, such a, a difficult moment in yeah. one of our you know church and conferences. But it's also been such a um, important, loving moment, and I've I've seen how our church that that remains the congregation has been loved through that. Mm. So church discipline is not just for the individual, but it's for the body as well. And I've seen how that has. Um, loved our church well it, it's given our church trust in the leadership it's given yeah. our, our, our you know our yeah. church trust in and what we've covenanted together to do it's kind of affirmed that calling like mm. we're not playing around here so to speak but this is real this matters yeah and and i've seen it just be a, a very um loving thing i'd like to see us uh grow more and more just in uh the way we love one another um, in our interactions uh, with, with, you know, smaller forms of church discipline, if you will. And we talked about how that's a part of the culture at Highview. But, you know, I think if a church has a healthy version of that, you don't have as many, uh, you know, of the excommunications, uh, as many of the, the end results of discipline, because you have a healthy interaction amongst, uh, you know, church member to church member of yeah. calling out sin when they see it and, um, and confession. So. Mm. I agree. <laughs> that was well said. Yeah. Um, and, and that is such an interesting kind of thought is, is like retraining our brains to think about this one as loving for the body. Cause what we, what we're saying is this, this process of church discipline is intended to be loving for toward the person who's, who's living in the sin to turn them to repentance, to, to help them walk in the holiness that we're all seeking to, to live toward. Um, but then at some point, our love for the body as a whole has to take precedence over this person's unrepentance. Um, like at some point they're as the you know scripture tells us to consider them like an unbeliever, uh, which means not that we just hate them now sure. and turn away from them. We still love them, but in a different way. And we have to maintain our love for the body as a whole to protect them, to make sure we're not, you know, seeming to affirm certain yes. lifestyles and things like it's a, it's a protection of the body as well. Right. right. It's, it's last week. I believe you guys talked about church membership and yeah. church membership is an affirmation yeah, exactly. of things in a person. And you do reach a, a point with unrepentant sin where a person is embracing it, that, that we can no longer in good conscience affirm a profession, you know, and, it, and it's at that point where, um, you know, the latter stages of church discipline begin to take effect. Right. Right. And then uh, I love the, the acknowledgement too that even what we're doing within the church 
is an act of love toward those who are outside the church. Yes. Um, I don't think we think about that a lot. I know that I, I really haven't thought about it that way either, that really we're preserving the example of, of godliness so that the yes. world sees something different in the yeah, church. Yeah. All these, all these, um, scandals, um, you know, do tremendous damage to the witness of Christ mm-hmm. and the church for sure. And, you know, the, 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 the healthier a church, um, the holier a church. And I think that, you know, as that, as that church, the testimony of that church is preserved. One of the ways it's preserved is through church discipline. That's, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and it's, you know, uh, there was a, 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 a family that joined our church, um, couple years ago and it was after they joined the church that the, the final decision to whether or not they were going to join the church was they were made aware of us um disciplining um a group of people who had turned away from the gospel and were were mm. embracing heresy yeah and it was that discipline case and in the process of that that convinced them that that was a safe place for them to be yeah. with their family mm-hmm. yeah and so yeah. Um, it was loving to people who weren't members of Highview uh, in that sense. It showed a care for the church theologically and doctrinally. It showed a care for the gospel, a love for the gospel, yeah. and that we're willing to, to do a hard thing to preserve the integrity of the gospel and to defend the gospel. And, uh, and so, yeah, that, that's, it's a powerful testimony. Uh, church discipline is actually a powerful testimony. Yeah, you yeah. think about you know the outside world looking in at the church, and I think a lot of times they see two pictures of the church. One, either just this condemning church that yeah. sin, 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 and then the other that that is uh, you know accept everybody, love everybody, embrace everybody. And you know if you look at any healthy family, you, you see a, a mixture kind of of the two. A lot of times, there's grace, there's love, there's forgiveness, but there's also discipline, right? There's also the the place where um, wrongs have to be corrected. And I think any healthy church needs to have that. And, and sometimes, you know, it, it's a difficult mm-hmm. balance um, uh, to, to have that properly. But, but I hope when people look at Highview, they see it as a place of, you know, grace for people who are sinners and broken. We're not out here pointing fingers trying to find people to church discipline. Like, that's not the vibe right, at all. Right. But, but we do practice church discipline because we believe <clears throat> we can't love you well if we don't. Yeah. And so we think that a good mixture of grace and brokenness, because we're all sinners, while we're confessing sin one to another, yeah. as the scripture says, is a healthy um, environment. Amen. Awesome. I think that was a, a great conversation about that. And if you have any questions about church discipline, um, go ahead and send an email to uh, Pastor Chad and Pastor Josh. <laughs> uh, they would love to... to, to Ty- Tyler at highview.tv? Yeah, definitely. Is that the, is that the one? Right. Yeah, just, uh, just do that. And uh, of course, we'd love to, to keep these conversations ongoing. And ultimately, the goal is that if you're uh, maybe a part of Highview Church, that you would be um, experiencing these things in a helpful, loving way. And also, if you're in our area, if you're in the West Georgia area around Villarica, uh, Carrollton, Bremen, Hiram, we, we are, you know, our influence kind of is um, spreading out to those areas. So if you're around here, we would love to see you at Hivey Church, and uh, we would love to have you be a part of this, this local family that we're building and hopefully building in a healthy, loving way. Um, also, if you're just enjoying this podcast, uh, we would encourage you to, to leave us a rating and a review and share it with your friends. And if you're not in our area, find a local church that you can plug into and uh, begin to grow in these different ways. Um, so we are hoping that you will 
continue to rediscover the church in a helpful way, plug into the church where you are, and we will see you in the next episode.